When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That trip was pretty epic. Dude, I just returned from a cross-country Los Angeles to Denver towing road trip. This isn't a regular towing road trip where we take a truck, throw it on top of a trailer, and pull it somewhere. This is something a little bit different that we don't normally do. Yeah, and this is uh, basically what happened was we are um, working together with Black Series Camping trailer company mm-hmm. and they have a facility where they construct and build their beautiful hq trailers this is in, in los angeles right in the city of industry city of industry that's it okay yes and so the whole trip was be- to go out to the city of industry pick up one of their trailers their hq 19 beautiful luxury campers uh-huh. and bring it home because we're going to be using it for a few months yes now if I recall, a couple years ago, you and I actually did a little video on that very trailer here in Colorado, actually, at, at the, the Overland Expo, right? Totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is a new- newish company. Mm-hmm. So on this episode of TFL Talking Trucks, I want to talk about the entire trip because a few things happened, a few cool, pretty cool things. Yeah. Um, and the results, we used the new 2022 Toyota Tundra to tow. Our Tundra. So our long-term Tundra as well. Yeah. So it was also a long-term test. Mm-hmm. And also, we're nearing a huge milestone here at TFL Talking Trucks. Yeah. So I want to thank the audience as well. That's right. And speaking of the audience, I wanted to also thank uh, our Patreon subscribers. Guys, thank you very much for your support. Yeah, if you have noticed after listening and watching uh, this show, and also our sister show, TFL Talk, mm-hmm. where Roman and Tommy talk cars mostly and SUVs, that we don't have a lot of you know big corporate sponsors, but you guys sponsor us. You do indeed. And even with that, we've managed to grow quite a bit. Yes. So we're almost two years old. Yes. Can you believe it? <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I can't believe we've actually so, been doing this for that long. So, so yeah. So, in March, uh, this is end of – we're nearing the middle of February here. Mm-hmm. In March of 2022, we'll be two years old. We're referring to the podcast, by the way. Yes. TFL itself is about 11 <laughs> years old and change. Yes. We're – yes. We're th- referring to the podcast only. Uh, and we uh, – at TFL Talking Trucks, we crossed approximately 5 million downloads. Wow. And I'm talking about both audio and also video because we have a video version of it on YouTube. That's right. So we are, this makes us the best and the highest watched and listened to uh, truck podcast ever. I think that's just 
epic. And, and so a lot of that's due to you, my friend. Congratulations. Well, I appreciate it. Well, no, not just me. Obviously. I'm just going to give you the credit. Uh, oh, no, I'm oh, not going to give Rome oh, the credit. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, of course, it's the team effort because we <laughs> yeah, have I editors and, and camera people and audio people. And, of course, you and, and Mr. Truck was a part of this. There's a lot of moving yeah. parts in order to make this work. So here, we are number seven on Apple ratings. Oh, cool. TFL Talking Trucks. Number seven. We're in the top ten. That's really cool. Uh, we had about almost 600,000 downloads um, audio uh-huh. and 4.5 million downloads on video. Very cool. So those are huge numbers, dude. Number seven. And TFL Talk, our sister podcast, uh, is number nine. Wow. We're both no, in the top ten on Apple, and then, which is our <laughs> biggest distribution, basically. Far out. All right. Well, that is fantastic news. There you go. So thank you for you for making it so. Guys, we really do appreciate it. Yeah. And hopefully we'll keep growing from here. I, there's no signs of stopping. In fact, I think we should accelerate. No, and also we'll be doing more. You know, we do sometimes interviews with mm. uh, industry leaders yeah. and or engineers uh, when new vehicles launch, especially. Right. Um, and that's been our trademark, uh, you know, actually getting down with the people who created these vehicles and trucks. So we'll be doing more of that as we move along. But let's switch gears and let's talk about this cross-country trip. Yeah, speaking of gears, um, you used the brand new uh, 2022 Toyota Tundra. This is our long-term Tundra. And this is an all-new truck pretty much from the ground up. And we've been using it a lot. We've been doing a lot of tests with it. And I think we've been driving it a lot more than your average owner would in terms of abusing it, towing with it, doing all this other stuff. So what Andre did was he went to um, the city of industry, which is next to Los Angeles, basically, um, to go to this factory to check out their factory and to pick up one of their trailers. And I want to get all the specifications. I want all the information. And I want to hear about this trip. Yeah, totally. And actually, thankfully, our marketing director, Grant, Mm -hmm. uh, actually drove the Tundra to L.A., um, I didn't have, you know, I was traveling a bit, so I didn't have time to drive it out empty. We're a small team. I just want to interrupt yeah. you for a second. Uh, guys, we're a really small team here, and there's not a lot of bandwidth when it comes to uh, traveling to multiple events. And sometimes we'll have three or four events stacked on top of each other, and we'll only have two or three guys who can actually go to these events. So often, Andre and Roman especially, and Tommy, will go from one event to another event to another event and honestly not have enough time to actually travel in between. Grant, who is the man, he's a behind-the-scenes guy who really kept, keeps things going here. Mm-hmm. He drove the truck from Boulder to Los Angeles. Yeah. So that was a trip. Actually, he was pleased. Uh, we'll mention it. And by the way, you were in Florida just a day prior or some, mm-hmm. something like that. You were with the Land Rover guys? Yeah, ECD, East Coast Defender. Uh, they build... Uh, ground-up, bespoke vehicles, which happen to be Defenders. And they'll basically take an old Land Rover Defender, make it absolutely anything you want for a lot of money, but it'll be super cool. And I drove one that was powered by a a Tesla powertrain. And that is on TFL Talk, the sister uh, podcast. And you can hear all about that. And also there's an article on TFLcar.com. Yeah, so you can watch um, your trip um and everything from there yeah. on the, on that podcast and website. But let, let's get back to it. So Grant uh, jumped in the Tundra. He drove it out to Los Angeles. And then myself and Alex, uh, Alex actually now manages TFL Off-Road. Yeah. Uh, we jumped on a plane and basically flew to Los Angeles. Grant picked us up. Everything went pretty smoothly. This was Thursday. Uh-huh. Um, so we really wanted to get back 
by Friday night, right? So we basically had a day and a half. So we arrived in Los Angeles at about 10 p.m., 10 a.m., I'm sorry, in the morning. Uh, and we had about, what, 1,100 miles ahead of us, yep. right? But that wasn't all because, because uh, Alex is also working with Case on our TFL bike channel. And we were supposed to, we had a long-term Honda Trail uh, motorcycle that we needed to go to Torrance, which is actually nearby LAX, yeah. uh, to Torrance to drop off and pick up a new Honda Navi. Uh, little scooter. Yeah. Well, actually, it's kind of like it's kind Swedish. of a half scooter, yeah. half motorcycle. It's a weird little thing. Yeah, yeah. which we'll have many videos about that. Yes, on we will. Full yeah. bike. So uh, the reason why I say this is because we put the Honda Navi in the bed of the Tundra, mm -hmm. and there's three of us. So Grant, Alex, and I. So we already, you know, we're not lightweight. So we're already pushing the truck a bit, and then we go to uh, the Black Series factory to pick up our nine, well, it's actually 25 foot long. It's called 19, HQ19, because actually the floor, the living space is 19 feet. Right. But then you have the tongue and also the rear section that's a little bit longer. Right, and uh, let's talk about what this trailer is because it's not your average trailer. It is something significantly built up for uh, off-roading and adventuring. Yeah, and it's kind of a luxury trailer as well, and mm -hmm. it has a luxury price. Right. We'll go over all of that. Basically, it's Australian design. Mm -hmm. You mentioned this already. So at the Overland show, what, almost two and a half, three years ago. I think it was before COVID. It was before COVID. Right. Uh, there was a show near Denver in Golden, mm -hmm. and you and I went to this Overland show, and we saw many, many different campers. Right. Uh, and this caught our eye. Remember? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And we did a full video. We showed uh, several trailers that they had there. Uh, and the reason why it caught our eye <laughs> is because it's, looks ma it is massive. It's a big, big beast, but it has a suspension system that absolutely looks military spec. Exactly. And it's basically Australian design, mm -hmm. kind of outback design. And so it has a few unique features like independent suspension, mm -hmm. which you often don't see on American-built uh, campers of similar function and feature. Right? right, right. It'll be like a twisting beam of some sort yeah, or something there'll like be that. some sort of a, a, a beam axle right. or axles in this case. So it has independent suspension, but it also has like two shocks per wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Massive, you know, straps, uh, limited straps in, in case this jumps. I yeah. don't know who will be jumping at Or camper. super articulation yeah. or something like that. And uh, really actually truck tires. So yeah. it has four tires. So basically um, two axle approach, but independent suspension. Um, and truck tires, LTs. So these are not really trailer tires. These are beefy truck tires. Right, which is actually a really good thing for people who do off-road because you don't have to replace a uh, bespoke tra uh, trailer tire. You could do a truck tire and put it on there. Another thing is that it has underside armor. It has stuff that will actually help you bounce over obstacles. Which I did. <laughs> uh, well, uh, that comes a little oh, bit cool. later. Oh, cool. I can't yeah, wait to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, so um the suspension is beefy, tires are beefy, it has two spares, uh -huh. just in case. Well, yeah. <laughs> but also makes it look really, really purposeful and almost military. Yeah, ready to go through Dakar and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it also has a fairly nicely laid out and a nice material interior. Um, so, so we get to the, oh, and here's how they're built mm -hmm. because we got to see, this is, you know, not many people get to see this, of sure. course. Um, so, like we said, Australian design. Mm -hmm. The company, I think they said they were about 15 to 16 years old. Okay. Uh, but now uh, the box is the self is the structure is aluminum frame. Mm -hmm. So it's basically welded aluminum uh, um, skeleton. Yeah. And then, of course, they put the skin over it and the interior and, sure, sure, it sure. and all that stuff. So that actual box, the aluminum 
uh, structure is built in China. Okay. And then uh, they put that with no suspension, almost no interior, very limited parts into containers, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you believe it or not. No, I believe it. Ship it on a boat to Los Angeles, where in the city of industry, they come off the shipping container and actually be, be constructed. So they're not arriving, not arriving finished. So they arrive in pieces, basically, and then they're being put together. So some of the components come from China. That's not a big surprise. What about the underpinnings? Because that really is like, you know, the main structure really is everything underneath. Yeah, and the main, the, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked it. So that's part of it. That also comes in this uh, container. Um, it's galvanized steel frame. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit unique. You know normally how the tongue um, actually has like a 45-degree angle, yeah. and it goes to kind of square rectangular frame sure. rails, and there's some welding that has to be done, mm-hmm. and that's how trailer most trailers are built. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in this case, uh, the tongue is narrower, so it's the steeper angle, and those rails don't have many kinks in them, and they just basically go all the way to the back, okay. almost like an A-frame. If you can picture that, so I, I'm guessing that's for strength. Yeah, so there's not, there's less kind of bending points, points of stress where it could break. Yeah, uh, it's also massive steel. It actually looks the tongue looks aluminum. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought it was aluminum frame. Oh, okay, uh, because it's galvanized, so it has that kind of silver metallic right, look. Right, right, right. But it wasn't. So I learned all about it, and it was actually galvanized steel, which is mas- first of all rust preventive, yeah. preventing rust, and also strength. <laughs> this is the whole thing. Uh, the chains, the trailer chains, yeah. uh, are massive. The chain lengths, I mean, I don't know. They could pull like an anchor out of the ocean. Okay, so in other words, I, I think if I recall, they were about three times the thickness of a regular series of chains on a full-size trailer. Yeah, so so that's the theme of it. Mm-hmm. It's like everything is like doubled down, overbuilt, overbuilt and just... Uh, and, and also not lightweight. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. So you have a trailer that they call 19, yeah. despite the fact that it's much, much longer than that, 25 y- feet. Yes. But it doesn't weigh like 2,000 pounds. No, even <laughs> though it has an aluminum superstructure. Right. It weighs, and we weighed it. Uh-huh. So, okay, so let's get back a little bit. So we picked it up, mm-hmm. and I was looking for a truck stop to weigh it, right? Because we want to make it into a cross-country trip video as well. Yes. So we want to do everything on video like we always do. We want to do fuel efficiency runs mm-hmm. because this is a real-world uh, Toyota Tundra towing. And, you know, so it was beginning to be like 2.30 p.m., so we wanted to get the heck out of Dodge uh, because yeah. traffic was starting yeah, the rumor has it that L.A. has a lot of traffic. Uh, that's the rumor that I've heard. So <laughs> we got out, and we couldn't find a truck stop with scales until Vegas. Oh, okay. So we didn't quite know exactly what the weight was until we hit Vegas, which was, what, three, four hours, maybe four and a half, four and a half hours later. I think there's one in Victorville that you guys could have used. There, but there, there, there probably were, and we just missed them. Okay. <laughs> Well, never, you know, I get it. So you guys stopped at Vegas. You had a good excuse. Yeah, Heck yeah. So, so on the way to Vegas, of course, it's climbing, 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 climbing. Right? right. First, you go to well, I don't remember every city, but we filled up. Uh, there's a U.S. Marine Corps uh, logistics base on Highway 15 up mm-hmm. there. This is way before Vegas, so we stopped there and we filled up with fuel, and we started our MPG loop, uh, which there'll be a video about this, by the way, a separate video. And then when we get when we got to Vegas, it was already dark. Uh, we waited at the truck stop, and it was guess guess how much empty with with no water, 
No, almost no accessories. Just the trailer, not the trailer and truck. Just the trailer, yeah. How much, how much weight? Uh, I'm going to say 56. You're a little bit low, my friend. Well, a, low. A, lo- a lot low. A lot low. 6,000 pounds? 7,000 pounds. This is a 7,000 pound trailer. Yeah. And this is no water because we winterized it before we left. Uh-huh. Because uh, the guys at the factory said, where are you going, by the way? I said, Denver. They said, oh. <laughs> and they said, well, yeah, yesterday was negative nine yeah. in Denver. Yeah, we yeah. had a cold spell. Yeah, yeah. A- and, um, and they said, well, we need to winterize it. So we drained, I think it had about like 20 gallons. Um, it has capacity up to 80 gallons of water. So you can actually load it up much heavier. Well, the point is to be off the grid with this thing for a pretty significant yeah. period of time. Yeah. It has a water heater. Of course, it has a heater. Mm-hmm. It has two kitchens. We'll talk about that Ooh. a little bit later. It has a full bath and large bath. The entire rear section, if you're watching this, the entire rear section past the rear window is basically for a bathroom. There's a stand-up shower. There's a sink. Uh, there's a large counter. Uh, and there's a, also a clothes washer in the bathroom. Clothes washer in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> a washing machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I uh, mean, how many trailers have you seen with a washing machine I, in it? Not, not many that are affordable, that's okay. for sure. Um, so, uh, quick question. So, it has a like a master bedroom. Is there a second bedroom or bunks or anything like that? So, this layout, this is 19, mm-hmm. once again, model 19. So, it has basically has a queen bed up front uh-huh. and a dinette that converts into a bed. Okay. So, that's the, that's the only 19 So, options. parents and maybe small kids. Yeah. So, and actually the dinette that converts, um, I lay down in it. I was comfortable. Uh-huh. So, it's not really height limited. It's just not as wide. Gotcha. It's a little bit narrow. But I think two young kids can sleep in a dinette uh, bed and two adults can definitely sleep um, in, this in, queen, in the queen bed. In yeah. the queen bed. Uh, if you want other configurations, we ha- they have them. So, if you get the 17 model, which is just a little bit smaller, uh-huh. it has a smaller bath, but bunk beds in the back. Yeah, okay. So, so and and I think we, I remember, remember we've that. seen some yes, of that. Yes. Yeah, so they have different, they also have a toy hauler, mm-hmm. which is a 22 foot model, uh, so to speak, uh, they call it, where the rear door just fall, you know, opens up. Right. And you could put like a small side by side inside of it. So okay. they have many different options for trailers. Gotcha. So, so, yeah, so we weighed ourselves. We got surprised a little bit because we initially thought, uh, it's technically the specs say it's you know about sixty three hundred pounds, sixty four hundred pounds, but we were towing you know it was in fact maybe it has a few extra options uh, we maybe. weren't aware of. So we were, but but it's uh, it's okay. I mean, so, once seven, again, what is the what was the total weight again? Seven thousand pounds for the trailer. That's like exactly seven thousand pounds. Exactly because uh, we had about six hundred and fifty pounds on the tongue, uh-huh. which by the way, remember we are carrying Honda Navi three mm-hmm. people. Uh, 650 pounds on the tongue. We were at max payload on the Tundra. Yeah. This is 1,400 pounds of actually 1,450. Mm. We were over by 50 pounds. You were over by 50 pounds, which, you know, honestly, there are an awful lot of people out there who do go over some of the uh, specifications. Unknowingly. Yeah. Yeah. And, And in this case, with a small bike in the back and three adults, I'd say two and a half. Alex is tiny, but um, you know, that, you know, you guys are you know big guys. So um, yeah. you know, three adults and that motorcycle and Towing this trailer. heavy trailer. Yes. You were fifty pounds over your payload, yeah. and that's something that people need to keep in mind when they're towing. They may be able to easily tow something in terms of what its towing rating is, but often they go over on payload. 
And this Tundra is rated to tow up to 11,000 pounds. Yes. But the payload is still 1,400, like I said. Right. So, exactly. So, we were, this was a torture test for the Tundra, really. Yeah. Because the suspension did squat. Uh, it, this trailer has a very unique hitch. It's called a polyblock, which is a version of a three-dimensional gimbal hitch. Mm. Basically, it's meant for off-roading. Um, so, it's... Kind of a, a, you know, once again, Australian roots where this trailer came But it from. has, like, familiar to people who are used to pintail hitches and whatnot. Kind of, yeah, but it, it gives you extra freedom. Right. So it's kind of like a pintail hitch, like a military hitch, but it's not noisy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because the pintail usually just rattles. Oh, yeah, we, we had to yeah. drive around the country with one. Yeah. I remember that. This was a Jeep trip from years ago. Motor Mountain USA, yeah. Uh, but so this one, actually, I was, I've never used this hitch, but I've used some others like lock and roll, mm -hmm. or um, I think there's another one, the name of which I'm forgetting. Uh, this hitch was not noisy at all, very nice, uh, but it's, it doesn't have built-in weight distribution. So I really wanted, you know, weight distribution bars to just lift up the tundra just a, just a hair. Right. Uh, because we, we're starting to hit on some of the potholes and highway joints. Um, expansion joints, we were hitting bump stops, basically. So you were actually or, feeling the bed well, bounce just, down into, or the suspension Yeah, because down normally it's just because nice and soft. Right. And once in a while, you just, you hit something hard. And that's how you know you're, you're hitting, hitting the bump. Yeah. You're hitting the bump stops. Which is actually, I got to give it to the Tundra. Uh, we'll talk about its power in a second. But the chassis is stable as heck. Right, the new Tundra has a fully boxed frame, redesigned suspension. They have coils in the back now, uh, with the multi-link system. No more leafs. Um, it's very stable towing platform. Outboard uh, shocks too. I exactly. Last time. Yeah. So it's got a lot of stability in, right. in, for t for towing. And this was a crew cab Tundra with a five and a half foot bed, so about a hundred forty five inch wheelbase, which is like an F one fifty. Yeah, basically. pretty much. Um, so it's same dimensions about uh, as an F-150. So this truck had no power issues mm. whatsoever. It was pulling up the grade, you know, out of, you know, Los Angeles Valley and up. Um, and then we, well, obviously we kept climbing into Colorado later. Yeah. But uh, we had no power issues. Uh, we had some crosswind problems. So even, you know, before Vegas and a little bit after Vegas, when we're going up towards uh, St. George, mm -hmm. uh, Nevada, up there um, in Utah, um, we had like a strong crosswind. And the, this trailer is big. And yeah. it was starting to sway at about, I want to say, if we went about 65 miles an hour or above, mm -hmm. um, the speed limit is 75. Right. Um, we were starting to feel some sway because the wind was hitting the trailer constantly. Okay, you mentioned St. George. I know at some point in time you did stop for the night. Now, as the vehicle was swaying, as, as the trailer was swaying, Toyota does have some systems in it that do help mitigate some of that. Was that active? Yeah. So, and I think it's on by default. Mm. Trailer sway control, most trucks now have them, right. uh, most new trucks. And basically what it does, it's like a stability control system. Mm -hmm. So when the truck feels, you know, it's some side-to-side -side motion, it's able to apply some, some brakes mm -hmm. just briefly just to kind of stabilize things. Yeah, to keep you in the lane and side everything else. Side. Right. right. So that system was helping. Okay. We never felt like, you know, we were about to run off the highway. Gotcha. <laughs> Thankfully enough. But we did notice, and that's why I was wishing we would have a weight distribution hitch, maybe with additional mechanical sway control, right? Some of those bars actually help with that. Yeah. Uh, the hitch we, Gen Y hitch we normally use. Right. Now, just, just to be clear, you're at a big disadvantage right now as you're driving because 
not only do you not have that weight distributing hitch, but you also have your front end is poking up in the air, your back end is, is pushed to the ground, something we never recommend, because that changes the entire dynamics of the vehicle. Everything from braking to aerodynamics, all of that is affected by doing that. Also, in some cases, you could be blinding people who are uh, in front of you by, by your low beams uh, pointed up to the sky. Uh, so there's those issues, and then there's steering issues because your front end becomes lighter. Did you experience any of those th things when you were driving? No. Well, I think our efficiency speaks for this uh -huh. because our efficiency was low. Right. But, but that's going to be on the video, but, right? Yeah. But the Tundra dude has a very cool feature that they kept. Hmm. It has a little manual knob on the left by the steering wheel, yeah. which uh, uh, the driver can adjust their headlights. Oh, just like the old headlights. one. Yes. Which I really like. So it's still there and I used it. At night, especially leaving Vegas, you know, it was already way dark right? Um, and uh, pitch dark. And so we did that. I adjusted the headlights down. Beautiful. We weren't bothering anybody. No one upcoming traffic That's was, fantastic. was flashing us. We were, we tried to move as much for weight forward, right? So the Navi was in the bed a little bit sideways, diagonally. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of pushing itself towards the uh, cab. Trying to get off that rear axle and right. away from the and, back. And we put our suitcases in the back of the uh, camper. So we were still well balanced as far as camper is concerned, about 10% of weight on the tongue of the camper hitch and about you know 90%, of course, the camper itself. Right. So we did everything we could because uh, technically they make a, it's, I think it's called muck hitch, which is a three-dimensional uh, <laughs> hitch with weight distribution but you have to special order it and it's quite expensive. So we, And it's not we, something we use on a daily basis like we do with the Gen Y. Yeah, so, and we didn't have it in LA. So, right, gotcha. <laughs> so uh, for those reasons, we weren't using it, but we didn't have s many steering problems. Mm -hmm. The truck was still stable. Good. You know how the front end unloads, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So we, we didn't, I didn't experience that. And of course, Grant and Alex will drove because we were rotating drivers right. uh, pretty often. We were, a lot of us, you know, were working all day. <laughs> filming and all this stuff. So we were trying to change drivers as, as quickly as, as, as much as possible. Okay. So where did you stop and what happened then? St. George. Okay. One of our favorite places, actually. <laughs> yeah, we do, uh, we, stay, we do a lot of stuff in St. George. Yeah, also manufacturers have many events there. Yeah, too. it's growing more and more in yeah. popularity for off-roading. Well, because they have, you know, the Sand Hollow and uh, the hur city of Hurricane. Right. The city, the city of Hurricane. Um, and they have a lot of off-roading land over there and sand dunes mm. and all kinds of stuff. Lots of great desert off-roading. Unfortunately, we didn't have a chance to take the trailer there, but our goal was Moab. Mm -hmm. So partially, because Moab is also on the way home. Oh, yeah. Uh, Moab, Utah. So, um, and here's what happened. Uh, the guys, Grant and Alex, uh, we were looking for a hotel to stay. We found one in St. Mm -hmm. George. It was pretty easy. And I said, guys, buy two rooms, not three. And they looked at me and they're like, what's going on? I'm like... I've got the camper, dude. I'm staying in the parking lot. All right. <laughs> You're roughing it. So I was roughing it in this luxury camper in the parking lot of, um, I believe it was a Ramada Inn. Okay. So, so and uh, I'm guessing the bed was comfortable and you were pretty comfortable. It, it was, yeah, everything was sweet. Uh, I figured out how to run the heater pretty, pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, the trailer comes with two 30-pound propane. Uh, uh, canisters mm -hmm. um, and obviously gas-powered heater. Solar power too, right? Solar power is there too. It has really large capacity. Well, 
comparatively speaking, I believe about 2.7 kilowatt hours, but they're not lithium batteries. They're mm. big AGM, traditional lead acid uh, But it batteries. probably contributes to some of that weight. Yeah, and yeah. they're massive. They take an entire, uh, you know, dinette, the single seat. Yeah. It's an entire space there is filled, it's with, filled with batteries. It's filled with batteries. Mm. And that's actually like on the back axle. So that weight is not forward. That weight is a little bit, a little bit backwards, gotcha. which kind of balances the trailer. Um, so a lot of battery capacity, 600 watts of solar on the roof, which is really actually pretty high capacity. Yeah, it's easy. For, for, for solar. Usually it's between two and 300 watts. Mm -hmm. This has up to 600 watts. Right, right. So, yeah, this trailer is meant to be in the rough and, you know, staying out in the middle of nowhere. I was not in the middle of nowhere. No, you're out uh, being an outlander, out back in, in the middle of a parking lot at a is, hotel. Is it next yeah. to a Starbucks. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's, yeah. that's a, that is roughing it indeed. <laughs> So, so, so my night was comfortable. Uh, the bed was comfy. Uh, the heat was nice. You know, the heater was running mm -hmm. most of the night. It was about 35 degrees mm -hmm. that night. So I was a little concerned about because it was brand new to me. Right. right? The trailer was, uh, we just picked it up a few hours prior. It was brand new, but it was pretty easy to use. LED lights throughout. Uh, and I woke up, well, we didn't have a lot of time to sleep. Um, we had probably between midnight, about 6 a.m., mm -hmm. actually more like 1 to 6. That's because we arrived at like 12.30 p.m. Right, you had to get checked in. And, and, all that and then we had to leave again at like 6.30 in the morning because we had to get home. Right. But anyway, I got good rest. Good. And so, I, I learned about the trailer as well. Great. So St. George to Moab then. Yes, that's the next day. We faced a little bit more wind. Mm -hmm. And then once we got on I-70... Uh, going west, I mean east. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, the wind kind of calmed down, Good. and we were able to actually go 70, 75 comfortably uh, on the highway. Good. We tried to keep it at 70 or below. That's our normal towing speed, right? Right, and it also does help with consumption and everything. It, altogether, a good speed to go. Yeah, I mean, some of the Utah speed limits are about 80 mm -hmm. miles per hour, and of course, as soon as you go far above 70. Any vehicle, no matter what, how it's powered, the efficiency just drops uh, in a huge way. Um, so, yeah, we are on the way now to Moab. Okay. So, uh, the whole story was, we, I really wanted to off-road this trailer. Yes. And we're driving by, not only St. George, we're driving by, you know, M Moab, Utah, the place we all love. Uh, oh, you know what else we can use this trailer for? Hmm. Easter Jeep Safari. Let's talk about that a little bit later. Uh, let's let's continue with your trip and wrap up this trip. So, Sorry, I'm getting yeah. excited. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's a really good idea. And we will talk about Easter Jeep maybe at, at, near the end of this broadcast. Yeah. So uh, we got to Moab, I want to say, around 1-ish, 1 p.m. Okay. Which is already getting kind of deep into the afternoon, thinking about, you know, sunlight, filming. We wanted to go. Um, our goal was to drive... Um, as deep as we could into Onion Creek Trail. Okay. Onion Creek is one of the first trails you really can jump into. Where so We actually did that with a Honda Ridgeline exactly. a couple and, of years uh, back. And a Honda Side-by-Side, -side, which, yes. was, which was the Pioneer, the Honda Pioneer. Right, and that was, what, about three years ago, I think, right? Or maybe even more, because that was like a 2017 or 2018 Ridgeline. Remember maybe, yeah. when they redesigned it? Yes, I do. Um, I, so, I remember that trip So that well. may have been four to five years ago, Okay. Actually. Wow. So, but we've done this trip before, towing vehicles. There are campsites there, not that you could use them because you still had to get home. Exactly. But here was the point. 
the whole point of the Black Series HQ19 trailer, it's overbuilt, right? We mm -hmm. talked about its frame, its suspension, its construction, um, everything like that. And so the point was, let's take, let's actually tow it on Onion Creek Trail. Not leave it in the trailhead, actually tow it there, um, tow it through the trail. And a couple of interesting things happened. So first of all, and we've tried, we've towed small trailers before, like we talked about Motor Mountain USA Jeep trip, which was a small, like 10 footer, right? Yeah, that weighed about 1,100 pounds, yeah. but it had giant Jeep wheels you on it. You even drove it on the Rubicon. You actually tried towing it over a portion of the Rubicon trail. And it was, it was not great. It was okay. So think about it like this. Towing a trailer off-road, it's like dragging an anchor, so yes. to speak. Because not only does it weigh something, in this case 7,000 pounds, right. it also has its own path and its own mind, so to speak. Because its wheels may hit other obstacles you're right. not Right, you hitting. have to think about the wheel, what, where the wheels are going to be hitting on that vehicle as well. And they may be in a completely different line than your, uh, your driving line. Exactly. Yeah. So, And Onion Creek is a very light trail. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not... It's not Hell's Revenge. <laughs> it's not fins and things, obviously. It's, the rating is pretty easy. But still, there is some, you know, uh, approach and departure angles that you have oh, to Oh, definitely, through. especially going through a variety of those different dry uh, creek beds. Yeah, because you have to cross, and there's a sign in the front uh, at the entrance. Um, this is Moab entrance mm -hmm. on the Moab side. Uh, there's a sign that says 27 creek crossings. So because Onion Creek actually crosses this uh, trail that they have created uh, many, many times. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. Uh, it was cold, obviously, January, February now. And uh, a lot of the creek iced over. It froze over. Mm -hmm. So driving over it, it was like ice breaking. So you drive over in the ice. The mm -hmm. ice breaks under the weight of the truck and trailer. You drop down a few inches onto the creek bed. And then you cross the water, basically. But that's not a very comfortable way of driving. No, and you're also, like, what, combined over 12,000 pounds? 13, approximately. <gasps> Pardon me. Keep going. Uh, about 13,000 pounds. Actually, a little bit more than that combined. So, uh, first couple of creek crossings, no problem. Uh, the Tundra surprised, actually. So I put the Tundra in low, mm -hmm. low range, because I wanted, you know, some engine speed, build up some torque but also go slowly. Right. I, I really wanted to go slowly. I, I, I wanted at least to start out slowly. Uh, moving slowly, crossed a couple of tree, uh, creek beds. By the way, this is all on video, so on TFL Truck Channel. So he's not going to give away everything because he wants you to watch the video. And Actually, so do I. Well, yeah, but plus me just talking about it is not as fun. As nah, yeah, you got to watch the video. Yeah, so uh, crossed a couple things, and then I see a cross track behind me, a Subaru cross track. Uh -huh. And they passed me, and mm -hmm. I let them pass, and they passed me. And a few minutes later, I see a Ford Explorer, a, a white one, uh -huh. driving f at a good rate of speed behind me. And I also let them pass. And that, I think that one ended up being like uh, land management. Oh, uh, it was some, Yeah, it was a BLM vehicle. But I think the guys and gals in it were like off, off the clock. They just wanted to, you know, just run up and down the trail and see it. Oh, sure. So, and then all of a sudden, I see them coming back. So first the cross track, so they passed me, yeah. and then a few minutes later they're coming back. First the cross track, and the guy in the cross track stops and he comes up to the window of my truck and says, uh, "There's a crossing up there that's kind of deep," and he's looking at my trailer and he's like scared. Yeah. He's like, uh, not scared, but he's just wondering how crazy I am 
and like what my problem is, right? Well, yeah. So that's what he's wondering. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, I'll be very careful, you know. And so that's what I said. Next, the Explorer comes coming back. Almost the same thing. The guys in the Explorer say, you know what? We, we did the first challenging creek crossing there, but the second one looked totally frozen, and I don't think we can do it. And this is a bit standard Ford Explorer. Right. Okay. I'm like, oh. So I'm like, but there's nowhere to turn around. Ah. Uh. You know, you have to get to a certain turnaround place in order to turn 25 feet of trailer. Yes. That's a long trailer. Yeah. So I was getting nervous. You know, sometimes how I get, you know, my eyes get a little bit larger. Um, you, there's the veins on the side of your neck that kind of go, and then yeah, you're, you're, yeah, your pace. Goes and if you remember my uh, Plan B Humvee trip in Utah, <laughs> you know that I don't really mix with water in Utah. No, you, you become a U-boat commander. <laughs> yeah, we, we we've seen that before. It's it's a definitely a worthwhile video to watch. So all of this is replaying in my head. I'm like, I'm driving a truck um, with a really heavy trailer on this icy, snowy terrain, and and. Um, if we get stuck here, we don't have another vehicle with us. Yeah. You know, we're not being followed by another pickup truck that can pull us out or... Which we usually do. We usually have we like always, a back... We almost yeah. always do. Yeah. But this is a special trip where we're just bringing the trailer gotcha. home. So, to suffice it to say, um, and you have to watch this um, because the footage is pretty spectacular, um, there was almost no damage. <laughs> I love the word almost. <laughs> yes. So... So a while ago, if you watch TFL Off-Road, Roman damaged the rear bumper on the Tundra by pulling uh, behind and hitting a tree root or something like that. Yeah. And it popped off some of the plastic right. on the back of the it's bumper. It's just a minor little bit of yeah. damage. So we kind of put it back, and it's not fully fixed because the, the, those parts are back-ordered. Yeah. But um, I hit it again yes. on the piece of ice. <laughs> so... Uh, later, I told Roman about it. He's like, I was like, remember when you damaged that piece of bumper? Well, I re-damaged it. So I thanked him. Basically, him damaging it before me made I, made it seem like I didn't do anything. Yeah, it's a non-issue because we already reordered the part. Eventually, yeah. it'll get yeah. here probably in 2024. And, you know, <laughs> and so, but, but the, the thing is, is that it's a very minor piece of trim. It really yeah. isn't that big of a deal. So then... Another thing that happened is that um, the trailer has a power jack, which mm-hmm. is really nice. It's an electrically operated jack right. uh, for the hitch. Right. Um, and I may have hit it on a piece of ice as well. Oh, okay. So it's slightly, it's not as vertical as it was before. Okay. It's slightly. It's, does it still work? Yes. Don't, okay. Don't tell the guys at Black Series. Of course please. not, because we're only number seven in Apple's thing for... Worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. So they may not... <laughs> Listen to this. Sorry. By the way, our ratings were for Leisure Automotive. Leisure Automotive. I, I don't think we can fight against, you know, Howard Stern quite yet, <laughs> but and others. So I just wanted to make that clear. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, uh, but coming back to this, so you, you, you slammed into a piece of ice and you did that. Now, the, the bottom line here is, and we, we try not to be weebing them. I, I do often. I try to be, uh, you know, sort of careless. Uh, because you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Well, that's and, Roman sometimes says. Yeah, I know. He I, says that. He got that from me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've used that for over 11 years whenever Roman's like, what did you break? Oh, well, Roman, you can't make an omelet. Uh, anyway, the point is is that you, you, you off-roaded this thing. You properly put it through a pretty hardcore obstacle. It came away relatively unscathed. 
More importantly, the truck made it home too. Yes. So I was impressed by this. I mean, the Tundra and the tires, the Falcon Wild Peaks, yeah. uh, offered good grip. I was able to pull the trailer. I was curious about that. Yeah, through the because I was on slick terrain as well. Yeah. And now that was also making me nervous. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than coming up a snowy hill and then sliding backwards and jackknifing. Falling off the cliff, you, you well, name yeah, it. Well, nothing worse. I would have. Yes, you're yeah. right. Nothing worse. Um, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that we, we've actually taken the tundra into snow and we've tested it, and it's performed fairly well. And a lot of that, of course, has to do with the tires, and they performed well so far. So I was curious to see how they would do in yeah. mixed terrain like this. Yeah, and it was good. And what helped was, you know, some of that sand uh -huh. was mixing with the snow and ice. Right. So it was actually naturally sanded. So right, giving you a little so, bit of extra so, grip. Uh, that was uh, that was very helpful. Uh, the trailer held up great. Obviously, uh, we filmed it afterwards, so we actually you'll have to watch the video on TFL Truck. Uh, we I was able to turn around, although our camera guy Alex uh -huh. uh, was filming me. He later told me that he thought I would never get out. That was from his perspective. Uh, when I was turning around, uh, I dropped the passenger front wheel of the Tundra into the creek because that's what I had to do. Right. There was no more space. And he said that looked like that was your final move um, on that. And But but I got out. And this is coming from Alex, who in some ways is more insane than I am. Uh, he's, Alex he's, jumps he's motorcycles. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He, he rolls uh, ATVs yeah, and stuff. That's what he he's, does. he's pretty extreme. So, so he said, you know, that looked like that challenge is going to be beached, basically. <laughs> So, so you made it out of there, which yeah. is fantastic. And the, and the Tundra, at least in terms of power, stability, despite the fact that it was overloaded, really behaved well. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, and fuel economy, I'm not going to disclose the number now. It was not great. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was partially, well, many uh, uh, factors uh, played into this. You know, wind, high speed, heavy towing, maximum payload. Mm -hmm. So all those things combined. Uh, and it's a twin turbocharged engine, the V6 and the Tundra. Um, and so when it needs power, you know, it, you have it. 479 pound-feet of torque was awesome. Climbing even further into Colorado, Vail Pass was effortless. Uh, I gauntlet, we just did it. Did it do what it did when I, when I was on the hike with you where it dropped down to like 2200 RPM or whatever, even though you were going like 65 miles per hour or 60 miles per hour? Kind of at times, but Alex was driving, actually. Oh, Alex. That yeah. was Alex's first Ike. I mean, driving. Mm -hmm. He always films. Yeah, usually. of course. Um, and um, Alex may have goosed it a little bit. <laughs> so, The dude I'm, goes I'm like 180 miles per hour on racetracks with motorcycles. Yeah, I'm sure well, he goosed it. He was staying within the legal limits, let's well, say. Well, I know, I know. But, <laughs> but, but he goosed it a little bit, and so we kind of flew up there. Okay. But okay. so the, the point is, no problems with power. Mm -hmm. uh, this twin turbo V6 from Toyota uh, was really solid. The 10 speed was really good. And also, and this is what Grant noted too on his trip out to LA uh -huh. and, and also back, uh, it's just a very quiet truck. Yes. You know, so the wind, you almost hear no wind noise. The tire noise is well controlled. It's one of the quietest trucks we've tested on the Ike, actually. Yes, it is. And that's something that Toyota really got under control because I remember the older Tundras were a bit louder. So there's. It's a give and take with this vehicle because some people are, you know, I, I've been really hard on it. I've been very critical about it. I, I'm, I'm not thrilled with the front end design and whatnot. Um, but I will say this, as a tow vehicle, when I drove it and rode with you both times, it was really impressive. Yeah, so, so that was the case as well here. And, you know, when you're driving 1,000 miles in two days or 1,100 miles in two days, yeah. uh, being, you know, quieter environment just helps you stay a little bit more 
you know, refreshed. Yeah, yeah. you're less fatigued by yeah. doing, by having a good riding vehicle, of course. So, yeah, less fatigued. Um, you know, the bump stops were a little bit of an issue because mm-hmm. we were at maximum payload. But often, you know, the road was smooth and it was smooth sailing for us. Um, we did stop several times for fuel. We had to. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, mean, I we, know it was thirsty. Yeah, yeah. So you will see that, of course, on TFL truck. Does it have to use a high grade? Does it have to use a premium or will it run fine on regular fuel? Yeah. So I spoke to Mike Spears about this, the chief engineer. Mm-hmm. He said he was very specific, right? He said it had to be rated on 87 octane which is technically base fuel across the country, except other, here. Other, here in Colorado, <laughs> 85 is our, our base octane. Yeah, because of elevation in states like uh, New Mexico and some other high elevation states mm-hmm. um, also have 85 octane. Right. But basically, we were using 87 because we wanted to save a little bit of money. <laughs> which probably so helped. To speak, because premium 91 or 93 octane in California, those prices are insane. What are they about? Like well over, they're, like close to five bucks? They were over five dollars. Jeez Louise. For premium, yes. Wow. Yeah, so... You know, you might argue if you use premium, you would have been more efficient, yada, yada. But I don't think it would offset. Well, I, I believe, I did read some of the briefing that the vehicle was tested with 87. And the point is, is that when you do that, that means that that's your optimum. Uh, at least that's how they test it. Now, on the other hand, there are other trucks like, let's say, we just recently drove the um, Nissan Titan. And the Nissan Titan performs better altogether with high-grade fuel. However, it's totally fine to use mid-grade fuel. Right. Yeah, and technically, I mean, for high compression engines, especially premium gu- uh, fuel like EcoBoost engines as well, uh-huh. and Chevy's 6.2, uh, that premium fuel gives you a little bit more power, right? Right. Uh, at the top end. So if you go into the drag strip, it might be good to use premium. Yeah. <laughs> but we were just doing cross country trips. So. Right, right. Yeah, so this, uh, so in the end, we made it home at after, about midnight. Uh, because after filming in Moab, right, finishing that up, driving another what, two hundred eighty miles. Did you go to Melts when you were in uh, Moab? Yes, you did. Oh, dude. Uh, yes, oh, I, 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 I wanted to send you a picture of me there, no, but I'm I was like, so that's probably, that's I probably been, too much. I would have thrown my phone. Yeah, or or said some bad words to me. Well, later. of course I would have off, yeah. off camera, of course. But um, uh, so so you got a chance. You had a good burger, then you made it all the way back home. Exactly, and uh, at Melts at the burger shop in Moab. Um, I th- at first, I thought you know it was going to be too cold, mm-hmm. but no, it was sunny enough. We were able to sit outside because I said, "Where was camper?" Did you have any ground clearance issues or anything like that? Did you no, s- that was another. Uh, yeah. You mentioned protection, so yeah. it has some plating on the on the tanks on the bottom. It also has uh, tubes, uh, tube bars that run around yeah. the circumference of the vehicle. Right, so it's supposed to have like a little bit of protection against rocks uh-huh. and just terrain in general. I I never, I don't think I hit anything underneath. I, I hit the jack, like yes. I said. So so we got it out of the way. Right. So, But I did not hit any other major components, which was great. Yes. Or at least if I did hit it in, in the water or the ice, it didn't slow me down or it didn't stop me. So so if I did hit something, there was no damage to it. Um, so, And the other thing about I wanted to mention about high-priced trailers, especially in the motorhome industry in mm-hmm. general, is that... Uh, I would anticipate it would last longer, right? If you bought two trailers of the same size, one half the price of the other, because it's overbuilt, this one, it will last longer. You know. So you're saying you get what you pay for? Yeah, yeah basically. Obviously, we haven't owned it for 20 years, so <laughs> so we, we don't know exactly what it will be in 20 years. Right. Uh, but that's kind of the point of this kind of higher-priced you know, aluminum structure on a steel, galvanized steel frame, is that after banging... Over years of terrain, it will still remain intact. 
That's the hope. And I know a lot of you guys will probably have, you know, various favorites and also reasons to dislike other brands and whatever. And totally want to read about your comments below uh, with that. However, I will say that there's nothing more satisfying than towing a trailer that you spent $1,000 on and beating it up over rocks and then just going underneath with a very large hammer and banging everything back into shape and not having to worry about destroying something that costs as much as a very, very beefy down payment on a house. Yeah, and, and you've done that. You're speaking from experience, right? I might be. Okay. <laughs> in, in Moab, too, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Well, you've told your little pop-up in there, right? Yes, I did, and I actually off-roaded with it, which was a really poor choice. Um, but nonetheless, the, the thing is, and, and we wanted to bring up real quickly before we finish up here, uh, Easter Jeep Safari. I would say that this trailer, at least looking at it, it looks spectacular. It's a great-looking trailer. It's something that you could be very proud of visually, and over time, while we have it, we're going to take it off-road more. We are going to camp in it more. We're going to force people, our guys, to be in it and uh, hopefully, maybe, take it to Easter Jeep Safari. So here's the thing about Easter Jeep Safari. Yeah. We are going to be there. It will be an event this year. I know it was canceled two years ago, uh, early uh, uh, COVID outbreak, but it was back last year and it's definitely back this year. Jeep will be there. Uh, Roman, Tommy, and I, at the very least, and possibly more people, will be driving jeep prototypes off-road like we do every year it's disneyland for me it's that's my favorite aw- that's event. awesome yeah dude. i can't yeah. wait to do that um do you think you could go i could if there's no new york auto show okay because usually if there is new york then you go to new york of w- course which which yeah because that's kind of uh, i've been doing it for many many years yeah so it's, and of, they happen at the same exact time yeah usually. and new york may be moved you know mm-hmm. who knows uh i'm not sure as of right now if new york auto show is happening or what the details right. are uh, but I would love to go. But here's the thing about Easter Jeep Safari. It's very expensive hotel-wise <laughs> yeah. and camping-wise. But but if you can find an inexpensive you know, piece of camping or maybe at Onion Creek or something like this, uh, you can use this trailer and be very comfortable. That's right. So um, a trailer like this, which is uh, you know self-contained and can sit off the grid, you don't need to plug it in. You don't need to do anything like that and have it sit for several days and be very comfortable home way off in the middle of nowhere, that you can do in Moab because there are places you can go and really camp with the trailer mm-hmm. away from everybody. Um, hopefully we'll be able to do it. If not uh, during Easter Jeep, maybe we'll do it after Easter Jeep. Uh, we go to Moab on average twice a month, maybe three times a month now. Our average has gone up, not down. Yeah, yeah Tommy is <laughs> loving it. I mean, the Rome, it's Roman's favorite place, too. It's one of my favorite yeah, places, too. Yeah, yeah, we so. all absolutely love it. And it yeah. takes between four and six hours to get there, depending on who's driving and what they're driving. And what we're towing. Right. <laughs> uh, the TRX, closer to four hours, yeah. if it's not towing anything. So, um, How about the Jeep SRT? I'm, yeah, I'm uh, okay. That. Okay. That, okay. That, yeah, that. Well, I got there real quick. So uh, the point is, is that uh, Easter Jeep Safari is happening basically around Easter. Uh, so around the middle of April, uh, we will be there in force. So we hope to see you guys out there. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to bring. That'd be really cool if we could bring this thing out. Yeah, there. if you see an HQ19 knock on the door, it may not be us, but it could be. No, don't knock on the door. It might oh. be me. Oh, I don't want to be interrupted in there. I mean, uh, no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, well, actually, always... I have a cabin. I have a cabin. I'm staying in. Okay. Yeah. So, but but we will we will be there, um, and hopefully Andre will be there too. I kind of hope I you would can. like to. Yeah, because like you ha- you've been to Moab many times, but you yeah, haven't been but to Easter not Jeep during yet. this week. Right. Exactly. That'd be really cool. So we'll see, um, and. Don't forget, when is this video coming out for your off-road adventure? It's, it's in about a week from when you're 
first uh, when this episode launches. It's probably a, yeah. a monster to edit, I would imagine. Um, right? It's kind of a monster to edit. Um, so bottom line is we made it home. Uh, the trailer is, I mean, we did another video with it today, mm-hmm. uh, several days after the fact. And um, and the truck did, you know, it got us home safely and not super fatigued. So uh, it was a successful trip, uh, long-term trip. And you mentioned mileage. Uh, the Tundra, our Tundra is now pushing 5,000 miles. This was within, what, December 10th we picked it up. So January, under two months, we put 5,000 miles on it. And a, so, a lot of those are very, like, high-stress well, miles. Towing, some, off-roading. Some drag racing, acceleration testing. Yeah. Uh, off-roading against the Rivian, for example. Yeah. Uh, in the snow, towing cross-country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Off-road bashing. Yes. Uh, on several occasions. So this truck has been, been being put through the ringer, and yeah. we'll do a, a kind of an update, another long-term update. Uh, I, I think I need to um, change my oil soon because we're using it in kind of a severe environment, um, severe way. <clears throat> so, And Toyota, I checked this morning, Toyota recommends if you went 5,000 miles in another six months, they recommend the service. So I may have to go in very, very soon. I think you should, and also maybe even do a, uh, a readout on how that oil performed inside the engine. Yeah, yeah, I should analyze the oil, right? That would be a really good idea. Yes, yes. Yeah. And report, report on that, because I, we have I, other trucks that we've reported on. Yes, w- we've done that before, and I, it's a very valuable thing, uh, especially for new owners or people who are thinking about owning whether or not you know there's any issues. <laughs> Make sure there's no metal shavings in there and stuff like that. Yeah, right? that's what the analysis can tell exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's what the, that was the trip. Uh, it was quite successful. Uh, I hope you get to actually interact with this trailer more, and maybe we can do a video together up, coming up here pretty soon. We only have it for about three months, so we don't have an insane amount of time. Uh, no, it. no, and so. I would like to do some camping in it personally or something like that. I mean, even winter camping, that thing looks like it could take it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it could take a 30-degree night. <laughs> I'm sure it could take something worse than that. Yeah, maybe we'll actually this time do a 30-degree night in a place other than the parking lot of a hotel. Okay. <laughs> That's a promise. All right. Thank you guys for joining us for another show at TFL Talking Trucks. Uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Uh, Roman and I will be at the Chicago Auto Show as well. This is the media days, so not really public days. Right. Uh, this is the media days on Thursday and Friday. Um, so we'll bring you lots of news and uh, probably a live show as well until right. now, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, and bear in mind that the Chicago show has moved back to its regular time. Last year they had it uh, like June, June July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is very different, and it's back to where it was, which means my boys will be out there eating some damn good pizza. And also, hopefully it won't be too cold. <laughs> You'll okay. deal with it. You All can right. handle it. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.